Hello, valued shoppers, and welcome to episode 256 of the Nerd Stravaganza podcast. I'm Tom, and I'm joined this week by Brian and Cam. We thought we would sort of do a follow-up to our old Useless Eaters episode and kind of discuss really where we're going with wages, where we're going with participation uh, in an era of what appears to be emerging consolidation, automation, etc. Really, just whether or not you can legislate gainful employment uh, or not. So should be an interesting topic. It's nerdy in that I think it involves a lot of tech talk, so especially like giant like Amazon. So should be should be a good one. First, though, I think that our listeners are, of course, waiting with bated breath to know what we've been up to since last week. And so we will give the people what they want with our usual weekly geekly, geekly weekly update. And Cam, you have been uh, away from us for a little while, so why don't you go first? Yeah, I've been MIA. I was up uh, in Ohio uh, at the Origins Game Fair uh, about two weeks ago. That's why I missed that podcast. And then just this last week, I was at the Astra um, show, which is in Philadelphia. That's the Association of Toy Distributors, whatever Astra. I can't remember what it stands for, but it's (laughs) basically a toy, toy association um, show. It's like a, it's, it's very similar to New York toy fair. It's just a little bit smaller. And, um, that was a good show. Um, I got back and now I'm already in Orlando, um, at the dice tower con, which is, you know, dice tower, which is helmed by Tom Bassel, the board game reviewer. Um, it's a gaming convention. I'm here with yellow as always. And, um, yeah, that's basically been my last three weeks, just lots of cons, lots of traveling, Saw a lot of cool things in Ohio, uh, went to the National Football League Hall of Fame, NFL, which is pretty cool. Went to a couple board game cafes up there in Ohio. Uh, in Philly, they had this really cool place. Um, it was a board game place that I went to. Uh, it was called the Red Cap, Red Caps Corner or something. Yeah, Red Caps Corner. That was cool. Check that out. Um, there was a really cool place there called Redding's Market, which was right around the corner from my hotel where they had like all this like Amish fair where you could go buy like all kinds of cheeses and you know, all the things that Amish make. Um, that was pretty awesome. And, um, the coolest thing I think I did, you know, aside from hanging out and playing games and stuff was, uh, we did, I did an escape room in Philadelphia. It was, it was the amazing escape room. Oh, that's company. Fun. Yeah. It, it was a, a art thief themed one. Uh, where basically you're, you're in an art gallery and you're trying to figure, you know, all the stuff out. And, uh, I mean, it was hilarious. We literally broke the game within the first three minutes because we walked in and we were able to sort of just guess. We basically got to this whole other adjacent room that you weren't, we weren't even supposed to get to till like more than halfway through the escape room within like the first three minutes of the game. Um, the woman was like sending us messages through the little TV. Like, how the hell did you guys get in there? Like she thought she had forgotten to (laughs) unlock it. But we just we just figured it out like way before all the other stuff. So she kind of like fixed it and like made it so that we had to go back and do the other stuff. But yeah, it was good. We we, we beat it with like you know over, like over fifteen minutes to spare. So but it was a good time. And that's pretty much been my last two and a half three weeks. Nice man. Sounds pretty uh pretty full, pretty fun. Yeah, it was awesome. What have you been up to, Brian? Ah, uh, still up in Orlando, still just kind of relaxing for the, uh, the summer break in, in reality. Had a 
bit of a sad duty this this past week. One of the well, I mean to say one of the only comic book store in this area has uh, announced its closing. So I had to go in and you know wish the guy well and pick his bones. Let's be honest. So uh, yeah, Heroes Landing is is on, on its last days. That is in uh, Claremont, Florida, Brian. Is that right? Yep, Claremont, Florida. There's stores nearby, but not not really in this area. Like at least half an hour for a good one. Mm. Poor community, man. I'm I'm spoiled. Any insight as to what went wrong? Did the did the proprietor offer any insights or? Um, kind of. I mean, the market sucks, and you know, retail sucks. So it's a <laughs> shitty niche in a shitty industry. <laughs> What's uh, what's killing them though? I mean, it's not like there's like an Amazon of comics or something, is there? Well, there's what is it? Marvel's ten bucks a month for every comic ever. Oh yeah, digital, right? Digital Comicology's not Marvel, but it's tons of comics. And I mean, I I don't want to like you know throw stones or anything, but a bunch of assholes just download them illegally too. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I would have thought the comics industry would be pretty resistant to digitization because people want the physical books and they want to do the collecting but uh collecting died with trade paperbacks man even that even that is a sale of sorts though right i mean it, it kind of breaks the traditional model but that's something though it, it is something but it's it's not collecting anymore you know there's like old comic collectors and then there's new comic readers i think and i don't think those readers care how they read it hmm I mean, you yourself have said, like, it's kind of a pain in the dick having a collection around the house. It takes up some space. It definitely takes up, yeah, it, it, it can be a pain. And how, like, how insane were you on the sanity level? Like, there's a lot worse dudes than you, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty tame, I would say. Yeah, so maybe that industry is just going to be tougher to operate in going forward. Like many. Yep. Anyway, that sucks. Sorry for the people of Claremont that they lost their spot. Yeah, man. Sucks. Wish him well, though. He uh, apparently had a pretty good, like, like career before, you know, following his dream. So hopefully he can get back on that. Yeah. Anything else been going on? I did see Jaws in the theaters. That, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Perfect follow-up to uh, 47 meters down. Oh, my God, dude. Like, sharks have been redeemed. <laughs> Ken, did you hear about this? Uh, on last week's episode, Brian's been going to discount movies, and he went and saw 47 meters down. No, but I left that out of my weekly geekly because i saw that movie this past weekend with my mom because it was the only it was the only <laughs> like pg movie that we could go see she only watches pg movies and that movie was absolute shit <laughs> it was terrible that movie was so yeah, bad dude. that movie was like oh my gosh the only thing between that movie and a bucket of shit is the bucket like <laughs> it was just terrible <laughs> And unfortunately, I didn't. I, yeah, and unfortunately, I didn't get a discount. I paid full freight for that movie. Oh my god! Oh, what a, Tuesdays, man. Tuesdays. Discount Tuesdays. What, so you had to you had to watch a movie forty years older to like have sharks redeemed in your mind, Brian. So I guess people don't really consider Jaws like a Fourth of July movie, but like that whole thing like was we can't close the beaches, we'll lose all our Fourth of July revenue. You remember? Yeah. Yep. So the theater up here was like, well, Sunday's the second. May as well play the 4th of July movie. 
<laughs> uh, I like their mopey way of saying that, and I like that they, they chose to do that. It is a 4th of July movie. Just like Gremlins is a Christmas movie, right? Yeah. And there's, there's a movie they should remake and ruin. Gremlins. Nah, just just keep re-releasing it. Like, I honestly... The, the This was not a Fathom event. This was... Uh, I think it's called Epics Pictures. But th- the same thing as Fathom. Basically, they buy the rights to redistribute it to a very small number of theaters. Like... I, I, I really like, I'm recommending this to executives. You guys can have this idea for free. The next time you want to re- make a remake, just re-release the old fucking film. <laughs> right. It, Cause people be will much go cheaper on your guys in and I'll probably go pay to see, like I'd, I'd pay to see the original Gremlins in theaters. Yeah. There's something to be said about like seeing it on the big screen. You know, I'm, I'm with you, Brian. I think that's a, I think that's a moneymaker. I hope you guys try it. Hollywood will take our advice, or the movie <laughs> industry, rather. Can't hurt. Jesus, it's got to make more money than uh, 47 meters down. <laughs> I, I still haven't seen that. <laughs> All right, anything else? Uh, no, no. Uh, pool, barbecue, a lot of Pokemon, actually, but uh, nothing, nothing worth talking about. All right. I guess I'll give my update then. Uh I have not played any Pokemon. I'm still not into that game. I still have not seen the Transformers movie. We have, uh, yeah, my companion and I have uh, family visiting now. And so we've been kind of doing some family related stuff. And I, I just cannot get a group consensus that we should go see that movie. I really don't know why. (laughs) I'm hearing nothing but the best things about it. Apart from not seeing Transformers, I, uh, let's see, the home automation front things are still pretty much on the level. I haven't no new developments there. Things are all humming along perfectly and working. Um, Oh, my new MacBook that I finally, that I got what, like two weeks ago, I finally opened (laughs) and I'm, and I'm starting to configure, uh, for the projects I have in mind for it. So that thing is cool. Like that thing, like I don't want to use it because I don't want to like spoil the newness of it. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it's great. Like it, especially compared to my older one, that's several years old. Like what, what a, what a difference. Uh, and then I've actually been doing some video gaming. I beat that Tomb Raider game. It was actually just called Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition uh, for the Xbox One. I beat that and moved on to the sequel, Rise of the Tomb Raider. So I am playing a big hit from... I, I beat a big hit from 2013, and I'm now playing a big hit from 2015. I, I really like playing sequels, like in a series that were a couple years you know, apart. I did that with Mass Effect. I did that with some other series. It's one of the perks of having an endless game backlog. It really lets you appreciate like what a massive leap forward uh, they made in terms of just like smoothness and graphics and and that kind of thing. Um, this this new Tomb Raider, new word Tomb Raider game just plays a lot more smoothly and, and it just has a lot more refinement going on than the first one. And the, there's nothing wrong with the first one. It's just you could tell they improved. I believe they're going to do a third one, the rumor is. So I'll be curious to see what sort of advances they make in that. But of course, it'll probably only be available on the Xbox One X S or the PlayStation Super Duper Pro. So I'll have to spend like $1,000 upgrading to to play it (laughs) the way they need it to be played. Cam, did you get a Xbox One X X? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I, I got rid of my original <laughs> Xbox One and went to PS4. So <laughs> I'm not going to get the Xbox One. Actually, 
you're still behind the times you have to get now you have to get the ps pro or whatever that has like better graphics or better resolution or some crap yeah, I, I, plus I, a like several thousand dollar tv i don't know that i'm going to ever buy another console again we'll see we'll see but it'll have to be something pretty special are you like a pc guy or you're just kind of over the whole console game no i just think i mean unless something comes out that's like light years different like you know i think the next thing i would get would be like a vr rig i'm not going to get another console you know what i'm saying you could do that like that's uh that's a possibility now so yeah I mean, unless another like I said, unless another console comes out that just it just shits on everything else and it's just crazy light years ahead, I don't see me getting another one. But a VR or like some sort of like uh, AR, you know, set up in my house, maybe uh, that that would that would be the only thing I could see myself doing now. Okay, I get I get it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not really impressed with these new systems myself, so um, probably won't be taking that leap. But. Yeah, that was a way of stretching out my update by engaging in some conversation. <laughs> I've pretty much just been playing some Tomb Raider and trying to find pockets of nerdiness in my otherwise mundane life. And I think that's pretty much it for me. Oh man. Which means Cam, now that you're now that you're here, it's time for us to return to regular form uh with the news Stravaganza. Yes. Let's get that going right away. So I don't know what you guys did. You guys do the news while I was gone? Was did somebody supplant my position, or was it just uh, you guys sort of just uh, did without it? I wasn't able to listen to last week's podcast. I think we did kind of a half-assed news extravaganza one of the episodes, and then kind of just skipped it. Other than that, right, Brian? <laughs> yeah, last week I don't think we talked anything. Yeah, we just we couldn't scoop you, man. It's it would seem traitorous. I like I, I like that. Uh, I I'm sort of indispensable in the news area. That kind of that kind <laughs> yeah makes, makes me happy. Well, like I said, um, I saw 47 meters or whatever. It was shit. That's <laughs> terrible. Um, coming out this week is the new Spider-Man movie. It actually comes out in three days, uh, which is exciting. People are like thinking it's going to be like a super huge opening. I don't know if you guys remember, but like Spider-Man 1, I think, or 2 was like one of the biggest openings ever. I think it still might be in the top 10. Um, and so mm. uh, people are thinking that uh, maybe it'll eclipse that. Uh, we don't know. We'll have to see. Are you, I'm sure you guys are looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I, I am. I, I really am, but I probably won't go until Tuesday. So I don't know <laughs> if I'll count for the opening. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, like I told you guys before, I'm leaving for Europe on Monday, on Tuesday, I'm sorry. But I think before I leave on Tuesday, um, either Sunday night or Monday night is going to be my Spider-Man night before I go. So I'm, su I'm super looking forward to that. So next in the news, and it's, you know, if you go to one of these like trendy movie bistros or wherever you know was one of those places where you can go to to get food and a beer and you know all that kind of good stuff with your movie you might see the ramen cup of beer <laughs> what so we've talked about cra yeah we've talked about crazy beer offerings before like the one that actually has like vagina juice in it i don't know if you guys remember that story <laughs> yeah. um, yes this one's a little tamer but probably even more stupid it's a seven dollar bottle of beer I mean, th that doesn't make any sense because if it's, if it's ramen, right, it should be like a dollar. But yeah, it is a ramen noodle based beer. It is a, a Texas based brewer called the Collective Brewing Project. 
And uh, I guess they're trying to capitalize on the nostalgia of ramen, but I mean, I don't know. It seems kind of hipstery to me. I, I don't know if you guys, I don't drink, but I don't know if you guys would try it. I just don't get the ramen angle. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, I like a beer now and then. I'm not a big beer connoisseur to begin with. And I'm not really sure what a, anything ramen, ba- what ramen adds to it even spiritually. Yeah. Ron, ramen tastes like, I don't know, depression. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like super salty and super like, just tangy. I, I don't know. Last time I had ramen, I was just like, you know, I kind of, I got it cause I was sort of one in that nostalgia factor. Cause I did sort of live on ramen in college, but I don't know. It just, you know, you can't go home again. Ramen was always a mix of emotions. Like this, these noodles aren't very good. So I had to add this disgusting sodium filled flavor pack. Yeah. Now I'm going to pollute beer with that. I'm not so sure. I guess I would give it, a, I'd, I'd give it a go. But here's the other thing too. So it's like ramen, but is it going to be like shrimp ramen beer? No. Like, are they going to make like no. chicken ramen beer? Like, you know, that's no gross, beer. Right? Beer does not yearn for the, uh, the essence of the sea in any way. <laughs> so I know we've talked about grumpy cat. We love grumpy cat, right? Sure. So I know I love grumpy cat. Brian, I think has even seen the grumpy cat movie. Uh, I think Brian was the person. <laughs> yes, I did. I, I think. Yeah, I think Brian was the one that told me that Grumpy Cat was a, a girl. I didn't even know. Um, well, did did you know that Grumpy Cat has a rival? No. In case you didn't know, he has a rival, or she has a rival. It's another cat called Pompous Albert. And Pompous Albert has been taking the internet by storm, so much so that Honda has featured Pompous Albert in its newest uh, car ad. What? Oh, my. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's Albert the cat, Papa's Albert doesn't really like anything, but that's why he chose Honda's authorized service center. Cause if he needs something in his vehicle, he wants it done. Right. <laughs> Makes sense. Oh Thank my God. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't like eighties parties. He doesn't like yoga. He doesn't want anything to do with meh vehicles. So that's why he went with Honda. We are <laughs> doomed. Nothing yep. says, elitist tastes in vehicles like honda (laughs) and pompous albert (laughs) i mean like i can't i'm just waiting for someone to do the whole prince albert joke i mean come on like what's the it's the like we're we're going crazy here first we have grumpy cat which i get it's funny grumpy cat's cute whatever but now we have pompous albert uh pompous prince albert (laughs) it's a thing you're a poser bro just give it up pompous albert (laughs) right uh and with that Hard-hitting news. I think uh, that's the end of the news extravaganza. I agree, and I, I just, just for speculation's sake, how much money do you think Pompous Albert's bringing in for his owners? I mean, is it, are we talking millions here? Millions, yeah. I mean, look a hot. I mean, a, a Honda ad. I mean, that can't be that can't be cheap. I love my dogs. Why can't they be like, you know, award-winning commercial dogs? You gotta, you gotta like dress them up and make them do stupid shit on the internet, like Doug the Pug and all those <laughs> other ones. All right, I'm on it. I like Doug the Pug. I do like Doug the Pug, though. What can I do with my dog? Swiper the Wiper. He, like, I'll make him slide <laughs> across a windshield to get the water off of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with Walnut. I'll figure out something with him. Okay, that's my claim to fame. My dog's great. <laughs> and thus ends the new extravaganza. Yep. Which brings us to tonight's main topic. So... I want to put a, a more nerdy spin on it. So sometimes it's like we're talking about like the real world when we know we're in this safe nerd bubble. So I'll just say like 
in case we're missing the forest for the trees here, we are actually living in an age where like promises of the future are coming true. Like you sit here with your magic portal and like, you know, purchase things and they are like delivered to your house. Like that's pretty futuristic to my mind. Like by flying robots in some areas. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, You'll soon be in a car that nobody drives and your goods will be delivered by an autonomous, an autonomous vehicle, which may very well be a drone. As Brian said, like, there's all kinds of cool, nerdy, disruptive stuff going on to borrow that Silicon Valley term, disruption. However, there's a, a flip side to disruption that we really have to think about even before we have legions of like robots doing absolutely everything, which is that like it leads to people whose jobs it was to do certain things, possibly no longer doing those things or not being able to command as high a wage to do those things. You really should watch the Animatrix, <laughs> which kind of details how the uh, robots and the humans came to be in war uh, prior to the Matrix film trilogy, because it's kind of scary. <laughs> like, it, I, I see like uh, some similarities between what's going on now, and and this is even before the Age of Machines, so to speak. Motivating the episode tonight. Who was it that, which of one of you saw the episode about Seattle's $15 minimum wage having some unintended bad consequences? I think that was me. I mean, presumably this was a, I'm I'm trying to get into the head of the people who crafted the legislation or whatever, but presumably they were like, you know, here we see wealth being distributed, you know, to the upper end of the economy and, and, and wages not, you know, workers not sharing in it. So let's go ahead and legislate so you try to find some legislative solution to make sure you know workers are getting a slice of the pie so to speak and it it has kind of backfired right yeah because the problem is like they can't they can't legislate how many hours you have to give someone so sure people are getting 15 bucks an hour but now they're working less hours right there's no mandate for like full-time employment or something like that right so right exactly so i mean it's People are going to, it's, it's the, it's like, it's the economy. It's, it's like, you know, Darwin doesn't just apply to, you know, celled organisms. It applies to so many other (laughs) things, you know, you're, you're gonna like, like, it's going to find a way to correct itself and figure itself out. You're, you can't just like artificially try to prop something up and then hope it's going to work because it's it's not, it's just, if it's inefficient, it's not going to work. So I'm inclined to agree. Like I, I find like applying Darwinian principles to sort of like human endeavor and, and basically people look kind of earning a living to be like a little scary. I've done pretty well for myself in life cam. I know you have as well, Brian, you have, I I admire the degree to which you have like grappled with the, with economics on your own terms lately. Um, I would not have the balls to do that. I think we three have found a, a way that maybe a lot of people cannot, I mean, I'm kind of questioning, and Brian, feel free to chime in here too. How do we ensure that people like can get by? You know, if they cannot command, if if they they don't have the power to extract fifteen dollars an hour at forty hours, let's say, like what what do we do? What's the solution to make sure people can can live? I mean, I think the answer uh, everybody's going to give you these days is some kind of universal basic income, but. It, I don't know. That's like a cop out in this instance. Like, oh, the easy answer. Sure. That'll work. I really think that people have to start 
Well, I, I guess I really think people have to stop valuing money as the end-all be-all. Because, I mean, even like fabulously rich people aren't necessarily happy or fulfilled. They just have very large numbers in their bank statement. You know, I mean, you, you hear all the time, people are super stressed out. They're burned out by 30. They hate their lives, but they have to be, you know, suit and tie and fancy car. Like, I mean, if that's not for you, that's not for you. That's a fair point. One way to remove a lot of the stress from yourself is to stop chasing all the material things, I guess, right? People can be pretty comfortable without impressing their neighbor. I agree with that. And I don't know why someone, look, I hated driving an hour to work, clocking in, making, you know, whatever I made, which was vastly more than I make now. Like I hated it. Like, it was easy work. I could do it, but it was just mind numbing and it was abusive and I hated the, the commute and I hated, like, I really hated like, well, you're supposed to dress this way. You're supposed to act this way. You're. No, no, I'm really, really not. <laughs> Just don't do that. I mean, and if people want to do that, like if people like doing that, great for them. But I don't know. Some people don't need it. So you, you kind of you kind of elaborated more on what I was alluding to about you sort of approaching things on your own terms, Brian. And I'm not sure everybody can do that. Like what, what about the person who, you know, they, okay, they're not trying to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. They're not trying to impress their neighbors, but they've got kids, you know? And so they, they are forced to earn some kind of a wage to kind of now focus on another article we read about this new economy that's emerging where let's say they worked at a retailer, a brick and mortar retailer, you know, and they're making a decent living. And now it's one of the many that are closing as these online juggernauts are just kind of like gutting the competition, what do you do with that person? I'll throw this out there just because I, I really do believe in this. I mean, it, it's a bit of a joke here, but like, seriously, um, condoms are 69 cents. <laughs> There's no better investment. Well, <laughs> I, that's a tough one, man, because procreation is kind of like, it's a pretty strong impulse, but let's assume for the sake of the discussion that this person was gainfully employed at, you know, a retail establishment, making a decent living, get, getting by. And then, you know, some big online retailer came to town and, and, and put their store out of business and they're not hiring for the warehouse because they have robots driving and they don't need any more people, you know, on their back end staff. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, and, and this is probably too simple an example because you can just say, well, you could find some other kind of job, but, What's the plan for the displaced people? Um, and Cam, in a pure Darwinian <laughs> sense, the plan is they die, right? But that's obviously unacceptable in a society. No, the plan is they get a second job or they, you know, do something else or they go back to school or they, you know, I mean, there's still welfare. There's still other jobs to be had. Okay, so they're so they're working less at one job, so get another job and make up the hours at a different job. You know what I'm saying? Like... I was just having this conversation with someone earlier today and I, I think really – and I totally, totally acknowledge that I'm the – I'm being the like, oh, back in my day, old man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I feel like people these days – and I'm saying people. I'm not saying kids. I'm not saying millennials. I'm saying people. Even people my age, people older than my age don't want to work for a living anymore. 
So I'm not, again, I'm not classing this into any particular subgroup or gender or age or anything. You know, it's just, I just feel like people in general, more, more people than ever before in our history, don't want to put in an honest hour's wage or, or an honest day's, day's work for, for an honest wage. Now, I get that. That's all subjective. Maybe, you know, our, our, everyone's ideas of what an honest wage and, and what a good wage is is different. So again, I'm acknowledging that, you know, I'm in a different mindset than a lot of other people in the country. So, you know, I'm just, you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt. But I truly believe that when it comes down to it, if you have to, you can make enough to get by. You can make more than enough to get by. You can make a very good living. But I just don't know that people are willing to put in the time or the effort to do that. Hmm. I'll I'll piggyback on Cam's statement. You you were absolutely right. I did not want to do the things I needed to do to make a make a good living while someone like barely ab- above me in the industry or above me in the company made like a fucking killing for doing nothing. Like I quit my job as a fuck you. Yeah, but I, and I don't know the situation, Brian, but does that, who did that hurt, right? Like, do you think if you would have stuck it out, maybe you could have taken that person's job down the down the line? Oh, dude, I would have ate a bullet before I did his job. Seriously. Like, <laughs> I just hate that mindset. I hate that mindset. I hate that. I'm, I've, I've paid my time. I'm going to sit here and make like people work for me and I'm going to do, I'm going to contribute nothing and I'm going to pay them as little as is legally allowed. And I'm going to do everything I can to be allowed to pay them even less legally. And if it doesn't say like, I have to provide them benefits, I won't. And and that's not everybody's case, but I, I, I think it's a lot of cases. I think that case illustrates in microcosm what we might see emerging more broadly and that being like the stand-in for, for that, for that person, you know, higher up in the, in the pay scale from Brian could be a pretty influential employer. And I don't, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that the working persons, especially the so-called unskilled working persons, bargaining power is diminishing. And I like to think that the person who was, you know, working in a factory, pounding out widgets all day could go back to school and become an engineer. But you also have to realize that if 100% of them could do that, that would simply dilute the the wages for engineers. And it's not always possible for somebody to jump right into a new job, you know, or, or even to even maintain the a level of wages close to where they are. Like I, I'm kind of with you, Cam. I'm a bit of an optimist. Think you know, if you if you try hard, you can make it. But I, I think that we're seeing such large scale shifts here that it, that's increasingly not going to be the case. Like I don't think when you have systemic disruption, you can necessarily expect people to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, so to speak. You know, and that, I guess that's what I'm trying to get us to grapple with. I'm kind of. It's kind of like terrifying to, th- to to think that we're going down the road to like Ready Player One. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think we've seen it yet, but we're about to see two major shifts in the bootstrap industry. McDonald's, I think it was 2,000 stores. I think I linked you guys the article. 2,000 stores are going to be completely automated. The food line is going to be automated. You walk up, you press your... your you enter your own uh, order into a kiosk and you pay... And then your food just 
like comes down to shoot. Boing. So how many people trying to pull themselves together work at McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Domino's, Pizza Hut? Next 10 years, that's going to disappear. Yes. And secondly, truck drivers, taxi drivers, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, 10 years, there will not be a single human behind the wheel in those industries. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. And that, I think especially, I mean, this might be a little like, haha, stereotypical, but that's a, that's kind of a huge immigration step up, isn't it? Didn't a lot of people work really hard driving taxis when yeah. they got to America and they could make something out of themselves? Isn't that like, I mean, that's going to hurt a lot of people who who have absolutely nothing and are trying to... Yeah, that's... That's like a time honored that that and like working at a convenience store. These are like time honored paths for somebody just getting here to kind of establish themselves. You know what I mean? And, and the convenience store is probably right behind the McDonald's. Right. So probably fifteen years <laughs> to be automated. Right. And I I, I have no idea what we're going to do unless it is tax automation and and just hand that money out. Right. I I mean I may not have the imagination to think of something more creative, but like I don't know how else you do it. Like the. At a certain point, are you going to let people starve or are you going to have some kind of support system in place? I mean, I, I agree with Brian, but I mean, I think that even though like some things will go away, there's going to be other things that will. I mean, I, I think I come down like sort of on your side, Tom, more of the sort of the, where there's a will, there's a way, you know? So I think even if things close off, like, yeah, Uber drivers and stuff like that will probably go the way of the Dodo in the next 20 years or so, but like. They're not now, so you can still do it now, and then I'm sure that will lead to something else and something else and something else. They're still going to need people to service all those cars. There's, you know, there's, you know, the the new self-driving cars. They're still going to need people to program those cars. They're going to need people to, you know, do all kinds of different things. So I think, like I said, you know, if people really want to find something to do and they're really willing to work hard at doing it, um, I think there is there are there are ample opportunities. It might not be the opportunities that they want or they necessarily think they deserve, but I think there are opportunities. And you think that'll continue to be the case even in this highly automated future? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's just, I mean, you know, when freaking the cotton gin was in invented, people thought, oh, farming is <laughs> going to go away forever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, people just can't see past their nine to five, but you know, these things have a way of working themselves out and there's always something to be done. There's always an opportunity for someone that's willing to take it. I'm really glad that you kind of made that example because that brings me to a third article that I read. And by the way, listeners, we'll link to all three of these. It's one I shared with Brian. I'm not sure if you had a chance to read it yet, but basically, Cam, it's about sort of the bargain that these people, the kind of this emerging, these emerging overlords that, you know, the, the people at the head of like Amazon and other massive companies are kind of willing to strike with society. They're like what I read in the article or what I got out of the article was that they're like kind of a new class of like billionaire captain of industry in that they are like kind of liberal. So whereas mm -hmm. you would expect, you know, a Thurston Howell the third to be like, no, yeah, the poor deserve nothing, you know, and to <laughs> right. have a callous attitude and so on. They are willing to support policies so liberal uh, as a universal basic income even um, to let people, you know, buy <laughs> things off Amazon and, and get Uber rides and so on. They're willing to share some small portion of the wealth uh, with the masses to keep the masses pretty much just 
docile and happy in exchange for letting them basically run the world. I don't think I've ever in history heard of such a benign form of uh, <laughs> oligarchy or dictatorship. Usually it's a, like, I get everything, you get nothing. I'm going to grind you into the dirt. And so I found that kind of, it's still a little scary, but intriguing. I mean, I'm not sure that's how kings and queens used to sell it, though. <laughs> I'll provide protection. I'll take care of you guys. <laughs> right. By not sending my knights to kill you. Yeah, but this is different. I mean, this is almost like, you know, and, and I'm glad you said it, Tom. I mean, it, it's almost like back then it was like, oh, I'm providing you protection. I'm providing you this and that. But you still have to work and you still have to pay your taxes. You know what I mean? Now it's like you don't really have to do anything if you don't want to. Just sort of sit back and don't do anything. We'll give you enough to get by. <laughs> right. And, and, you know... We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll give you a little, you know, little treats here and there and we'll, you know, we'll provide you with free entertainment and we'll give you all the, you know, you're going to have a, a decent life. You know, you're, you're not going to really want for anything. Well, you're not going to need anything basically. And, you know, but, you know, you just kind of shut up and stay in your little pillbox basically. Yeah. And uh, I think, I, th I well, and I think that they're more than, I mean, I think they're, they're geniuses. I mean, that's why they're geniuses. I mean, that's. I think there comes a point where money is almost irrelevant to them. It's, it comes down to control. You know what yes. I mean? Like once you get, once you get a certain, to a certain number, money is really, really doesn't mean anything. Money is just, it's useless at that point. It's, it's just what, what's really important and what really will make their mark on society and the world is what they, how they shaped the world. Yes. The way that they're going to shape the world is the control that they have over all the different systems that are in play. Exactly. And that is at least seems to me to be the new end game. Like just let me be the master of the universe. I'll still let you live in the universe. <laughs> you know, not, not even just live. I'll give you a living. I'll give you a living quote unquote living wage and you can just, you know, play your video games and drink your soda and, you know, ride around in your little Wally <laughs> zip, zip, zip mobile, you know, and, get as fat and get as many diabetes as you want, but you know, just don't, <laughs> just don't rock the boat, you know? Basically. Yeah. And the article goes on to say, for those who are slightly more ambitious, you've heard this term gig economy. Now that it's sort of a term of derision used to describe like Uber and Fiverr and all these other services where you basically get paid to, uh, to do a job direct, very directly. Basically they, the article went on to say that, there would be gigs available for the, so to speak, for those still willing to work. So if you're a talent, if you have talented skills to offer, you know, you could take, you have your basic income to, that sees to your basic needs. But if you want that, those extra things, you know, you take on some contract work basically here and there uh, to, mm -hmm. to earn a few extra bucks. Yeah. And in exchange for that, like it's weird because it seems to meet kind of the liberal and I'm speaking in the American political sense, desire for a basic, level of economic security and comfort, but it comes with like handing over the <laughs> steering wheel to, to a select few who, yeah, as you said, their, their end game is to shape history here. They don't just want to have all the money. They want to influence the world in, in a lasting way. I mean, we may as well just finally admit it. <laughs> that, that that's what went on anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like, I don't think many people, I, I think we tend to be so egocentric. We None of us really stops to think that no one's going to read about us in a hundred years. <laughs> like we might as well not have existed yeah. outside of the circle of our immediate friends, family, and associates, right? 
I don't know about you fuckers. I'm going to leave a hundred genius books behind. <laughs> well, you'll have made your mark then, Brian. I, <laughs> but most people don't. Most people come and go and live their life and, and are of no consequence. And I think to somebody who is as driven as some of, as many of these, you know, billionaires are who are, who are seeking to run the world. Like, yeah, as Cam said, it's, it's not about the money anymore. It's about the legacy. It's about, I marked this earth and it's, there's an indelible mark and, uh, you know, my, I'll echo down through the generations to come, you know? But I think honestly on both ends of things, it's, it's not necessarily about money anymore. Do you guys have any idea who did Mount Rushmore? Like who actually went there and sculpted it? No, I could look it up, but no, <laughs> I do not. You think he was a billionaire? No, but famous. No, but that, but that that was commissioned by a president, though, right? I believe it was. I mean, I don't know who the artist was, but you still got to have artists. I mean, I'm all for commissioning, but couldn't have done it without somebody. That's my point. True, and the artist, I'm sure, gained some measure of celebrity in his day, right? He certainly will be remembered forever and ever. I mean, I guess until the hard drives fail and the chimps can't read. Yeah, it. but I mean, sold the guy that. So the guy that like jumped up on the pogo stick, you know, the most times in the Guinness Book of World Records. I mean, it's like there, there, there are like things that like people get remembered for, and then there are things that people like are like revered for. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like there's Abraham Lincoln <laughs> remembered, and then there's the pogo stick guy <laughs> champion right. remembered. I, I, I whittling I, a mountain's pretty impressive. No, I, I, my hat is off to the artist slash engineer that was able to pull that off. That, that's damned impressive and probably is a name we all should know. And I, I agree with you that, that there's a person who may not have been a, there's a person that wanted to make a mark in a different way, Brian. I think an artist wants to make a mark kind of selflessly, whereas there's a little more selfish impulse for some of the people of, we're discussing here. They They want to implicate themselves in history in such a way that, it could not have unfolded any other way without them. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I see that. I'm just saying the, the, the converse is also valid. Like, mm. you know, people don't want to bust their ass and rule the world. Some people just want to like carve mountains or totem poles or. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Make pretty pictures. I mean. Or just relax. Guy. What's his name? Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Thank you. Yeah. Van Gogh wasn't. I mean, goddamn, Van Gogh wasn't even stable, let alone a millionaire. Hmm. True. I, I don't know. I think part of it comes from the where we are in history, too. Like, we are... Computer networking is, like, world-changing in ways that I don't think we appreciate yet. I, I think I've said this on the show before, but I, I'll reiterate. Like, people do not appreciate we are not in the industrial age anymore. Hmm. Like we are in the computer age and that's not just a saying, that's not just like a buzzword for NBC. Like we're in a different age of history. Yes. Like everything yeah. has changed. Exactly. Yes. And, and do you agree that we're at the beginning of that age? Not at like the later latter stages? Oh yeah. It's 20 years old tops. Right there. You, you just put very succinctly what I was trying to say earlier when I was trying to be like, Oh, you know, the, we're, the, the, where we live in this time of great change yes we're at the dawn of this age and things are only going to change faster going forward and i think if you are in a position of power and influence it feels like you have your hands on the levers of like what is to come like probably nobody 
else ever has before. I just, th- I just think the impact of these technology companies is potentially much greater than that of, of even like energy and transportation magnates uh, from decades or centuries past. Brian, you were talking about uh, basically things that things that people do with talent, right? And I think what Tom and I were sort of talking about are things that people do with, I guess, to some extent, talent. I guess they're talent at business, but more importantly, their economic power, right? Mm-hmm. So you, 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 it's it's a it's a question not of talent, but a, but a question of power and gaining that power. And using the power that they have over the economy and over their, I guess, areas of industry to gain control. Yeah, someone can make a great painting. Someone can build a great statue. But that doesn't give them any modicum of control or power in the economy or over anyone in the masses. They may have like followers and fans and stuff like that. Yeah, but that really doesn't do anything for them or even put them anywhere near the same league of these, I guess, if you want to call them captains of industry that we, that we're talking about, um, and and even and even worse than that is that that, I guess, esteem that we give these people that have this talent is eroding. I mean, at an alarming pace. I mean, we're three pretty smart people, and we couldn't even come up with who chiseled the Mount Rushmore <laughs> right. without, Google, without googling it. You know what I mean? Um, and it took us five minutes to remember Van Gogh's name. I mean, Van Gogh's uh, one of the masters. You know, so. I think, you know, that is then compounded also with the fact that, you know, people nowadays, especially kids, are giving their attention and admiration to just idiots like PewDiePie and <laughs> the Kardashians and, you know, whatever. Yes. So it's just, you know, we're putting our admiration and our trust and our, you know, uh, hopes and whatever into just idiots, A, and we're ignoring the real issues, which is who's actually controlling what actually matters. Right. We are. 100% concerned with personality and, and and identity and that sort of thing and and not at all with yeah who actually is you know I already used levers of power uh who is actually pulling the threads of fate <laughs> let's say mm-hmm. yeah exactly let me ask you guys this cuz i you know i definitely fall into the category of you know kardashian obsessed you know pewdiepie worshipping you know layabout <laughs> but uh, no i like to think i don't but I'm going to add one more thing to to beat up a dead horse that I always uh, drag out of the barn. (laughs) Um, Given an extended lifespan, can you see people occasionally wanting to do stints in like the ground state? In other words, yes, I have, I have accomplished all of this for like the last hundred years. I'm going to play video games for 20 years. I'm just going to take my UBI and, and chill for 20 years. Let me give my brain a rest. I mean, could you see that people coming and coming and going from, from influence? Or do you think once you've got that influence uh, bug, you, you, you just can't shake it? No, I, I think it's more type A, type B than that. Someone who is passionate about that kind of thing is not just going to take a break for 20 years. It's just not in their DNA. Hmm. And someone who's like hardwired to play video games 24 hours a day is never going to be that ambitious. <laughs> and I honestly like that's fine. But I mean, they're not better or worse, but people are different. Yes. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, I, I don't know about 20 years because like I took, you know, some time off or whatever and I consider myself to be pretty type A. Um, but 
I mean, as you guys know, I was. Okay, you can't even retire, sh- man. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was a very short lived stint <laughs> of me not doing anything. Yeah, uh, it was very, very short lived. So yeah, I tend to agree with Brian. <laughs> even like, you know, where in a future where it's like, you know, no problem to live hundreds of years, you don't see a, a decade off to, to chill. I mean, maybe not in a row. Okay. Maybe like broken up, you know, maybe a month here, a I mean, month maybe there. Maybe long weekends, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, a year long vacation, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I retired for like one day. <laughs> so we're right back around to what I think we discussed a little bit less charitably during our useless eaters episode, and what some of these articles that motivated tonight's episode. Which again, listeners, I have not cited because I'm a bad host, but I will link <laughs> link to. But what they're kind of driving home. And I don't think anybody really wants to admit it may just be that some percentage of the human population is driven to lead, to accomplish, to move and shake. And that another portion, possibly a majority is more content just to seek comfort and just to like, you know, be allowed to live in a a relatively comfortable lifestyle in their own space, enjoy their friends and family, enjoy their leisure time. They don't need to be in charge. They don't need to run the world they just want to be allowed to exist. And uh, I hope as a species, I guess, or as a society, at least in, in America here and in other similar countries, that we're maturing to the point where we realize that you don't have to like have utter contempt for those who don't want it all and who just are, are satisfied just to have enough. Um, it seems like we've, in the past, those are the people we most... Uh, denigrated as being lazy, you know, no, not real go-getters. But I think you guys both just admitted, and I kind of agree. Some people just are not driven. They are just genetically, biologically, whatever, mentally not driven to be a Bill Gates, right? I think we went through some really weird times recently. Probably, you know, not hipsters. I mean, I'll hate on them for fun all day, but I don't (laughs) don't really think they're a drain or anything. But like, honest to God, hippies, people hated them. People still like, ah, dirty hippie, smelly (laughs) hippie. And they weren't purely like, I want to fuck off and do nothing. You know, they had ideas. It just wasn't anything people had seen before. Mm. And, And during Reconstruction, man, I mean, think about what this country was 80 years ago after, after a couple of, what this world was after a couple of like giant wars people felt this need to buckle down and rebuild and move ahead and make leaps and bounds. And then people were like, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Let's chill. Shower. Make <laughs> love. Hmm. I, I think that'll, I think that'll level out in time. And I, I think that is leveling out in time. Can you imagine this thing, this thing these days, these tiny houses and like, I don't mean this derogatory, but like the kind of like the fringe people that live in them, like yeah. How's that any different? They're fucking hippies. We just don't hate them anymore. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily like. I don't hate anyone that does that. I don't even have disdain or distaste for them. I mean, I think it's that's fine if that's the life you want to live. And Brian and I have talked about this many, many times. Like, look, if you. If you want to put in minimal effort, that's fine. That's that's. I have no problem with that. I, not only that, I I really understand it. You know what I mean? Like I I, really, I get it. But even that's pretty progressive. 
Yeah, but but I mean that's and I'm I'm cool with that. The, the the thing is though, the issue is, but then you then have to understand that your voice, I guess, is also going to be minimal. Mm-hmm. You know you know what I'm saying? Like yes. don't and Brian has made this point a million times. Like don't say that you're a slacker and sit at home and just play video games all day and do nothing, but then complain that you don't have the new iPhone or that you don't have this or you don't have that. Right. Well, you you get what you, you you get what you get. You know what I'm saying? You you only get what you, what you put into put into things. Your right. UBI covers video games. If you want an iPhone, do a couple of gigs. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And if you want to rule the world, do you know like seriously like a lot of gigs? <laughs> right. Yeah. UBI is never going to be enough for some people, and I I mean that's fine. Yeah, and it's not going to be enough for me. I can tell you right now. Yeah, I, I think I think we're kind of hitting that we're putting a really nice fine point on it here. Just fine enough a point. <laughs> uh we're going to come to a reckoning where people are just gonna have to understand, whether at the macro level or, or, or the local level, with output, with productivity, with effort comes a voice, comes influence. If you don't want the influence and you're happy to be comfortable, that's fine. We're a okay with that. We, nobody will begrudge you your right to live. Well, what's crazy to me is that people don't already understand that. That's been happening since the beginning of time. You know what I mean? <laughs> the person with the, the person with the biggest stick typically, the biggest stick typically has the biggest say, you know, the person with the biggest purse nowadays, you know, pretty much has the biggest say. It's not like, it's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand, but somehow people think that like, oh, you know, I'm a, individual yes that's I'm it worth, i'm worth something and i my my you know what i say means something and what i post on twitter everyone should read and, <laughs> and you know it's just it's ridiculous but I, I think too often the again the opposite is forgotten just because you don't want to bust your ass you know in some industry 24 7 or or you know realistically 10 6 or, or whatever doesn't mean you don't deserve like healthy food right i agree a roof over yeah, your I, head no, no, I, I, yeah i definitely do not disagree with that but i don't think you deserve much more than that right no iphone i mean you, right. you get an iphone 5 guy right that, yeah. that's the other that's the other that's the flip side of the reckoning coin really when, when you mentioned the individual cam i and i think you guys will agree we have this like cult of the individual in the United States. Everyone's an individual and the individual matters as much as everybody else. Yes. To the extent that that individual deserves food, shelter, you know, a basic level of comfort, 100% agree. Oh, I think I should have a say over, you know, what Amazon does with its new product line. Oh, are you, are you a shareholder? No. <laughs> Do you work at Amazon? No. Then what the hell makes you think you have a voice at all? Do you even shop on Amazon? A lot of times <laughs> it's no too. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Like, do you shop with so do you find their do you find their practices abusive yeah do you still shop there to save two dollars well yeah then shut up <laughs> yeah yeah that's the funniest thing is people railing against walmart and all these other places but yet where are they every week you know right at walmart and their pjs <laughs> you know, onesie and flip-flops do you guys think that like the, if there is like a universal living wage or whatever there'll be like a a threshold like meaning 
if you make over a certain amount, you don't get it. There should not. Be. That would that, that that would piss me off. Yeah, that that's that's a deal breaker. That 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 kills it in my opinion. Everybody gets the everybody gets it. That's not universal. Then I mean, you get it. You just earn more too. In my opinion, right? Is that what you're saying, Cam? Like you should. Everybody gets the the income, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what I think. Yeah. I mean, because it's like. I mean, that's, I guess, a lot of people's fundamental problem with, with welfare, too. It's like, you know, if I'm going to work and I'm working hard 40 hours a week and I'm making 1200 bucks a week, but then some other guy is not doing anything and he's getting, you know, 800, 500, 600 bucks. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's half of what I'm making, but the guy's doing nothing. Right. You know what I mean? I'm doing 100% work, more work and I'm getting only 50% more money than this person is. Yep. Everybody should get a thousand. That, that's a, yeah, right? that's a big, that's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know UBI has to be uniform. It has to be in no way subject to means testing. It has to be a right that everybody gets. And if you're so irresponsible that you spend your way through all your money, <laughs> man, that's when as society, I'm sorry, you have to be a hard ass to people like, dude, you have no excuse. We make, the, we all get the same. You blew it all. <laughs> right. Like that. Mm-hmm. That takes all of the, that really kills a lot of the bleeding heart slash hard nosed, uh, back and forth. Like, where's all your money? Oh, I blew it all in video games. Well, <laughs> guess what? Yeah. The problem too is that it's such a slippery slope. It's like, okay, well, yeah, but like, uh, yeah, I can't live on a thousand dollars because I have uh bipolar disorder. I have uh, this or I have that or I have whatever. So it's like, okay, so then how much do you give to these people? There's always uh, yeah, nah. I mean, healthcare shouldn't be a part of that. No one. Well, healthcare. but you know what I'm saying. But you know what I'm saying. Like it's always there's always people that are. Well, yeah, that's fine, but it's me. So right. there's an ex- there's I'm special. exception. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's the and so that's where I think everything's going to fall down. Is that like everyone's going to be like, yeah, yeah, a thousand bucks a month is fine for everyone else, but you know, I got this special circumstance. Yeah, I, we just have to I say. Always no. go back to Star Trek in in when we talk about this shit. But the good of the many outweigh like the I don't know pissiness of the few. <laughs> the greed of the few. Yeah, this is what works for everybody. If you want more, get a gig. Hardly anybody thinks like that anymore. Now it's the 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 good of me outweighs everything right. else. Right, and and that's well, yeah, but that's why we just stepped down from world leadership. Everybody's too self absorbed to understand like we were moving a planet forward. That that has to stop. That that's like the final like stage of maturity. The like, do you guys remember? Oh, I th- there was this old creepy song like when we were little kids. And it went something like the most important person in the whole wide world is me. <laughs> it was like a nursery, like a children's nursery rhyme. Do you remember that at all? Don't, I don't. don't think I remember that. Oh, it was, it was terrible. It, it was this like the total like ego stoking. It was during the, like the seventies, like self-esteem. And it went like the most important person in the whole wide world is me, blah, 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 blah. Basically to like build up self-esteem. But like, to me, that's an anthem. <laughs> that's like a, that was like an anthem of the individual and like, yes, we're entitled to our individual you know, uh, agency and all that other good stuff. But like, you are not the like center of the universe. The world does not revolve around you and you're not special. You are no more special than anybody else. And you get the thousand dollars like everyone else and medical is separate and that's it. <laughs> that's it. Cause yeah, some people get a bum, a bum rap medically and, and, and we'll take care of that. You know, that's different. And what if someone decides to have six kids? No, 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 no. That's I, again. We need to 
condoms are cheap, as Brian says. And here, okay, if there's a third side to the coin, uh, we really do have to like stop and like seriously consider that perhaps some individual liberties might have to be curtailed. I mean, talk about the good of the planet. We need less people. Right. Yes. Like that, that's even more important than healthcare. (laughs) Replacement is fine. You know, like that's probably even too much, but you know, it's like 2.3 is the replacement rate. So it's everybody gets two and every third person gets a third. I don't know how we divvy that up or what, but yeah, you don't get six kids. Like, and, and, but the thing is, Cam, if I, I sound like a monster, somebody listening to this, like someday, if I run for political office, they're going to find this episode and they're going to like air that Tom Mainville thinks you shouldn't be able to have six kids. <laughs> and, and, you know, he doesn't believe in reproductive freedom. Well, you know what? Not everybody gets freedom to do everything they want, or you don't have a society. You have bedlam, <laughs> right? Yeah. Service guarantees citizenship right oh my gosh like that's where where we're going we we kind of are like and Uh, by the way i've heard heinlein like vilified for his like fascistic viewpoints but really yeah but yeah basically mainly by like social justice oriented people of course but is that does that not seem fair like if you're not participating (laughs) should you really have all the rights and privileges as everybody else like I mean, yeah, I, I totally, I, I mean, look, I agree. I mean, I, I, look, I've made the choice not to have kids and I made that on my own. Now, do I think that other people should be, you know, not given that choice? I mean, it's such a hard thing to say. I mean, look, if people want, here's the thing, like if people want to have kids and they can support the kids, I, I don't know that I have an issue with that. Um, but on the, just like Brian said, I mean, we have, we are just careening out of control with this population. And we are just destroying the planet. So, I mean, at some point, when do we just say, "Look, listen"? I mean, like, like Brian said, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Like, sorry, you want to have six kids, but not happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we got you know, we don't have enough food. We don't have enough water. We don't have enough sp- space. I don't care how much money you have. You can't emotionally take care of six individuals. Correct. Like, that's just ridiculous. Agreed. And uh, I think that polite society would uh would say that we're veering a little too we're veering into dangerous territory when we're talking about curtailing even even the most absurd so-called rights of the individual so we should probably uh step back from the edge here before we're like put on some ban list somewhere yeah. <laughs> one more list of course we believe that everybody should be able to have six kids and be entitled to limitless money and anything they want and a zero consequences lifestyle paid for by everyone else yeah that's the way it should go yeah <laughs> And Tom, don't worry. I mean, if like if Trump could get elected with his record of recordings and videos, I, th- I think you're I think you're all right. That's true, actually. If anybody like objects to me objecting to somebody having six children, I'll just call him a stupid pig and a loser, yeah. <laughs> and so on. Uh, yeah, yeah. We 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 find your uh, we 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 find your outlook on on people having many kids disturbing. Yeah. Well, you're you're a fat pig and you had a facelift. You're you're terrible. You're awful. <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst it's war it's i mean the proof is in the pudding shit yeah 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 <laughs> uh anyway guys i think uh it's been a good episode i think we we got into that sort of dystopian future uh mode that i was hoping for <laughs> so i think i'm ready to bring this one to an end so that i can set about uh restricting the reproductive rights of my fellow citizens it's time for me to get back to my six wives <laughs> yes <laughs> Okay, I'll start. 
by reminding our listeners that as they enjoy their life of comfort, they will be able to catch up on many a back episode of the Nerd Stravaganza podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Play Music, and any number of podcast venues, which I am probably not thinking of right now. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circle, and join the Nerd Stravaganza HQ group on Facebook. Get your fat slovenly ass up off the couch and head to nerdstravaganza.com, which is our amazing website where you can find this and all of our back episodes along with tons of other good content. Fire up your iPhone 5 and head on over to YouTube to check out all of our premium video content and send us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com and tell us what total no-talent losers we are. Brian, bring this episode uh, to a close. Tell these slobs off in a proper nerdstravaganza way. Camped! <laughs> <laughs> it's flat, fat slovenly ass. I like that. Yeah. <laughs>